I'm SP from Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D., a show about the general Marvel comic universe, part of the Guinea Geek Network, just like the show you're checking out now. Shows on the network are individually owned, and opinions expressed may not reflect others. Find other hilarious and fun geeky shows at guineageeknetwork.com. Lock your S-foils in attack positions, and welcome to episode 177 of Better Podcasting. On this show, we're talking about being unique when your topic is in a crowded niche. In this week's Better Podcasting Download, we discuss Apple Podcasts doing something amazing for the podcast world, something that truly takes courage. That's right. They made Apple Podcasts, get this, operate through a website. And finally, in this week's Better Podback, we take listener feedback from our Discord server, including another deal you missed out on. Lauren, start the show now. Welcome to Better Podcasting, a show where we talk about podcast tips, tools, and best practices to help you succeed with your podcast. What makes us different? Well, just like you, we podcast purely out of the love and fun of it. Podcasting is our hobby, and we recognize that it's yours too. We always encourage your questions and feedback, and you can find all of our contact information at betterpodcasting.com. Here's your host for the show, Stephen John Drew and Stargate Pioneer. This is episode 177 of Better Podcasting. I am Stephen John Drew, and I am pleased to say that Stargate Pioneer is here again. It's great to be back. You know, after the last episode I left, I came back because I know our listeners want some better podcasting. I did some really cool stuff, too. Did some really cool podcasting stuff along the way. Maybe we'll talk about that in a future episode. Perhaps, perhaps. But if you have not checked out the show before, you don't know that we like to kick it all off here with what we call a how I saved my podcast story. That's right. We like to go ahead and start it off by turning the floor over to you, the fellow podcaster. Tell us what went wrong with your show. What broke and how did you fix it? Just let us know. And you can do that through a variety of ways, including emailing us to podcast at betterpodcasting.com. And the idea is that we can all learn from each other's mistakes and also just have a little bit of comfort of knowing this happens to everybody, including today's submission, which is from an expert podcaster. This is the person that you are trying to be with your podcast. He is grand. He is fantastic. And he knows everything there is to know about podcasting. SP, can you tell us who the submission is from today? The submission is from myself. Oh, well, that, that sure was a uh, high bar that you set for yourself there right now. SP. I did, come on, man. You're just, oh, how do you live up to those expectations? Jeez. Anyway, I do have a submission. I do have a how I saved my podcast story. As I alluded to in previous episodes, this has to do with Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. episode 268. And I was gone for that particular episode. And the ladies recorded in my absence, which is totally fine. Sometimes you have to skip an episode. But the one thing the ladies don't do when I'm not there is they don't put a video recording together. They just do the audio recording, which is fine. I edit the audio and put it out as an audio 
podcast, but then I'm thinking, you know, we do the YouTube on the GunnaGeek.com network. We have the GunnaGeek YouTube channel at YouTube.com slash GunnaGeek. Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. is one of the shows on that YouTube channel. I'm thinking, you know, if I go from episode 267 to 269, some people are probably going to be like, yeah, but that's how I actually consume the show. So I'm just going to miss an episode. But fear not, I made a corporate decision and I decided for this one episode, I would go ahead and I would create a episode long audiogram using Ophonic. Yep, I did that. No talking heads, nothing, just one long audiogram. And it was mostly just to maintain the visibility on YouTube and to keep the SEO going with the sequential podcast numbering. Now, a handful of viewers and listeners did check it out. This has been out for about a month or so. It was lower than the channel average for consumption, but there were no downvotes, as I thought there might be. And Steven so graciously allowed it to be on. He's like, hey, I noticed this coming on the channel. What is this? I told him. He's like, okay, you know, we'll, we'll keep it. It'll be a good test case. Was it worth it? Well, number one, it was free because it was through Alphonic, and I don't use the full Alphonic two hours free time I get every week of processing. So number one, it was Definitely, and my episodes are under an hour, just about an hour or so. So it was free. It wasn't ideal, but one time I don't think really hurt. Matter of fact, it probably helped a few people consume that podcast. It did look at the consumption numbers. There's a handful of people that actually watched it all the way through. And if you were going to do it frequently, I think it would impact your searchability. I think YouTube would put you down lower in the search results but if it was just one time i think it worked out fine yeah ultimately i think it comes down to what do you think is going to benefit your listeners the most and in this situation i that's why i said go ahead and throw it on the gunna geek channel because i think that it does benefit the listeners uh having that continuity because otherwise they would look at that episode and they'd go whoa 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 whoa, whoa where did it go what happened and they'd be on the hunt We've actually had that happen before. Um, I think it was on this show here where an episode got missed in the upload when we transitioned from the Better Podcasting YouTube channel to the Gunna Geek. And so people notice. It might not be right away, but people do notice. So I think that was a great way to save your podcast almost as good as how you saved this podcast by shaving off your beard this week. Well, almost you as good as that. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, you know, I kept the beard on actually for the event that I went to this past weekend because a lot of people that saw me there wanted to get pictures with me with the beard on. So I kept it on, but it's springtime. The pollen was starting to come out. It was starting to itch. <laughs> so I was so glad when I got home, I waited until I got home and I shaved it off. And so, yeah, I'm babyface SP now. Well, we had a glorious four weeks. If you have a, how I save my podcast story that may or may not involve a beard, let us know through any of the ways that I mentioned so that we can go ahead and get you on this section of our show. And if you have a podcast, make sure you mention that because we absolutely want to make sure to mention your show. Before we go on to our featured segment, we have a moment of silence here, SP, don't we? We do. We do indeed. For those long-term listeners of Better Podcasting, you will have noted, especially in my gear episode in December, episode 162, we showed a picture of my son's parakeet which was named Nimbler. And Nimbler was actually perched on the crossbar of the pop filter of my Electro Voice RE320. 
and I thought it was a perfect perch for him. A very colorful bird. When I first met him, he was a, a really good bird. He got a little annoying, annoyed with me uh, over time, but he's still a great bird. I loved him. Unfortunately, he passed away quietly in his home in Wilmington, North Carolina on Tuesday, April 16th. This is the day before we recorded this. Now, his human, aka my son, his human was home when it happened, but there was nothing that could be done. So Nibbler leaves behind his human, Sandrock, my son, and his buddy, Pepper the dog. It's unknown how old Nibbler was at the time of his passing, but he did outlive the hurricane that threatened his life last fall. So for those of you who have been in the Nibbler fan club, we must advise you that you will have to look at that microphone picture in fond memory instead. I sure do. Let's go ahead and move on to the featured segment. These days, there's a bit of a saying. In fact, I actually just heard this today on the radio. And while some long-term podcasters may take offense to this phrase or this term, the reality is that we think that the notion is pretty darn accurate. And that phrase or that saying is, these days, everyone has a podcast. Yes, that's right. We said it. You having a podcast is not really that unique of a thing anymore. Gone are the days where a podcaster could just wow a family member by simply saying, hey, I've got a podcast. The days are also gone where you could make someone else feel like you're a big shot by showing them that you're on the internet on an audio program, generally speaking, of course. Okay, so the truth is long-time podcasters probably know that it's always been a bit of an uphill battle, but the reality for many folks is that podcasts have become a let's call it a Canadian dime a dozen and that means that in order for you to really make your show unique make it special you know giving your podcast something to help retain the listener it is a uphill battle and something that you need to be aware of and today we're going to be discussing that concept how to make your show unique and offer something special we're going to cover some best practices, some things that we'd say to avoid, and even maybe share a few personal stories along the way. We'll see where that path takes us. And SP, why don't you kick off our best practices? Let's start out with some best practices to help you stand out and be unique among the sea of other podcast offerings. And that begins with your core theme, which brings us back to episode one of Better Podcasting, actually. We'd be remiss if we didn't mention that when you launch your show, you should do a Google search, search podcast directories, and look for your intended genre. It's important to do that little bit of research before you launch on what the other offerings have that's available, if there are, and odds are there will be, but sometimes there might not be. This is important because it can help you realize how much you may have to offer in order to stand out in your niche. For example... Let's say you want to do a fan podcast about the AMC television show, Better Call Saul. It's a popular show, I guess, on the AMC. So if you search 
A quick search will show that AMC actually has an official Better Call Saul insider podcast. So first of all, you're going to be competing with that. This means that as somebody starting a fan show about Better Call Saul, you'll need to know that if somebody is searching for that podcast name or the TV show name as a podcast, they're going to likely see AMC's podcast first because number one, AMC is much bigger than you. And number two, a lot of people will probably go to that because they have all the guests and the producers and the actors on that show. Now, on the flip side, your search could reveal that your topic is so unique. There are very limited podcasts about that. This works the other way where you might know that you might end up high when somebody searches for that topic. In any case, it's going to give you a little bit of a pulse on what you're working with when you're trying to stand out as you're starting your show. But just because a show idea that you've got has a lot of competition or perhaps it has a little bit of competition, but some strong competition, like in that AMC example, it doesn't mean that it's a no win battle for you. This is because our next point is all about that. Finding the missing area within that niche. For example, let's continue on with that Better Call Saul example. Let's say that you want to do a podcast on Better Call Saul. You might want to take a perspective that is specifically doing it from the fan point of view. This is because, as SP just mentioned, the Better Call Saul Insider podcast is more from a creator perspective. It has all of that inside creator nuggets. It's more about a big creator perspective on Better Call Saul rather than the fans appreciating Better Call Saul. So if you are wanting to do that, you might want to consider bringing in features that truly do cater to the fans. A great example of this with like television shows is when people do recurring segments that are fan theories because fan theories don't know what's going on and they're speculating on that and half the time they don't turn out or more, but it's still an element that just keeps that fan community going about that fan podcast. But maybe it could be more of a unique take on the content. For example, it could be a unique delivery of some form of the show compared to what the other competition is. You remember that time way back a few minutes ago where we said that we were going to share some personal stories? Yes, this is one that we're going to share right now. And it actually has to do with when we started this show and some of the resulting feedback that we got. We made no secret that when we created Better Podcasting, we wanted to add a unique flavor that tailored specifically to podcast advice for hobby podcaster. It was an area that we felt was missing in the podcast advice space. In fact, we expressed it way back in episode zero. However, since then, we've had several people comment that they like something about our show that they didn't see elsewhere. And that is that there is more than one of us on the show and that we have fun at each other's expense sometimes. Yes, that's right. Our bust each other chop style is something that some people have quite liked and apparently some see it as unique in the podcast advice space. Now, we're not saying this to toot our own horn, but we just wanted to give an example on what is not specifically content driven that could be unique to your show in a niche that is getting crowded or already crowded. Which that in itself actually brings us nicely to our next point. And it could be that you find a way to inject your own personal experiences and flavor into the show, even 
if it's in moderation. There's actually a great example of this that SPN and I both listen to that is hosted, well, co-hosted by someone that we've actually had on this show. It's one of those podcasts that I know SP listens to all the time. It is every day. I actually listen to Curiosity Daily podcasts. And fun fact, a few days ago, I was actually having lunch with Cody, which is one of the co-hosts of Curiosity Daily. It was a great time. So Curiosity Daily is a daily podcast that provides daily nuggets of information, mostly scientifically based, because that's what they pride themselves on. And they pride themselves on being fact based as well. However, they still do add their own personal stories into their podcast when possible, often during a segue or an introduction, either to the whole podcast or the segment, or when you're outroing or exiting from a specific fact. Now, given that this is just a short 10 minute daily podcast, there's not really a lot of time to have too much banner, but they've found a balance, Cody and Ashley, to share just a very quick antidote where it's actually feasible and possible. Now this keeps the personality in the show and helps keep it from feeling completely dry. And in our opinion, so many of those daily fact podcasts are in fact dry. Curiosity Daily found a way to be unique in such a busy niche. So from time to time, they will also use interviews with unique but qualified people, scientists, and these names do help to tell the story and the fact really it's the scientific facts that they're saying for example they recently did a series on vaccinations and they interviewed somebody qualified within the field heavy accent wonderful accent by the way but qualified within the field so they could use snippets of the interview when they were discussing a relevant nugget of information throughout their series which that brings us to our next point looking for unique offerings that may not have been covered before within the niche. Now, this is going to vary from topic to topic, depending on what your podcast centers around, but unique interviews are a great example on that something unique. Because no matter what the topic is, the odds are, if you check out podcasts within a crowded niche, you're going to find that some of those podcasts which do interviews will often end up going to the same sort of people over and over. So if you interview somebody new and fresh, it's a new offering to the space, something that basically hasn't been done before within your niche because it's a new face or a new voice, I should say. But it doesn't just have to be a one and done situation either like an interview. It could just be something unique a unique take on something that is often discussed within your podcast niche. We actually started off with an example of this, and it's our How I Saved My Podcast Story segment that we started here on Better Podcasting. We did this because we wanted to give our fellow podcasters the stage early on in our show an opportunity basically to take front and center of our podcast to share their error and how they fixed it. Now, no offense to anybody that has submitted a How I Saved My Podcast story to date, but the reality is that pretty much all of them aren't really that unique when you look at the big realm of the podcasting world. The problem that's happened, the solution, is something that has probably been discussed somewhere within the world of podcasting. But the unique element by submitting it to us for a How I Saved My Podcast story is that perhaps you are a new voice to some of our listeners or viewers. You're a unique voice on our show. And perhaps the way you got to that problem 
your personal story getting to that problem and out of it is going to be a unique element as well because everybody handles things a little bit differently. So while the problem and the solution might be, again, a dime a dozen or a Canadian dime a dozen, your personal experience is unique. And that's something that we wanted to do here and being able to give people a platform to talk about that unique story. When we made this format, we thought that it was a bit of a fresh way to talk about some of the things that podcasters can face from time to time and some challenges that do arise and can cause a lot of stress. And as a group, we can all comfort each other knowing that when these problems happen, the odds are if we think outside the box, we can find a solution. Again, sort of another unique area that we are trying to add to this podcast about podcasting space. Okay, so now that we've talked about some of the best practices, we're going to talk about some of the things that you want to avoid. Well, first, it's trying to be unique by copying others. Now, a good example of this is the interview idea that Stephen mentioned earlier. Interviews can, in fact, truly be a really unique aspect to your podcast, but only if you do it correctly. Often there are podcasters which find themselves in a crowded niche, and one of the first things that they do is try to reach out to a big name within the niche itself and then have that big name on their show. Well, in a crowded niche, the odds are that this big name person has been on other shows before for the same reasons. Now, we're a little bit unique in that we're talking about a podcast about podcasting niche here on Better Podcasting. And this is actually a really a good example for this interview issue. There are many shows which start and then one of the first things that they do is bring on an industry name to interview in one of the first couple of episodes, like episode one, episode two, episode six, something along those lines. The reality is that most of these interviews don't actually offer anything new. In fact, we've heard several big names openly talk about how it becomes repetitive for them and that many people ask the same questions. But putting that aside, the reality is that if you're starting off by interviewing somebody else who does the same thing as you, you're indirectly associating your listeners with that other show or that other big name. It's sort of a, oh, that's right. SP is interviewing Steven. Steven also does a podcast about paint drying. I guess that SP's paint drying podcast is going to be like Steven's paint drying podcast. So that's the moment that you're creating there. Now, whether you mean to or not, you could be planting that seed and that you're showing that you're not indeed unique. Another thing that we'd recommend you avoid, especially when you're in a crowded space, is fanboying or fangirling over that other big show that is also within that podcasting niche. A good example of this is that there's numerous podcasters who started out by podcasting after hearing the infamous Kevin Smith. And many of these podcasters have created shows that weirdly follow very similarly to Kevin Smith's podcast or the podcast that they heard him on. Now, we have actually heard some examples of people who have done this sort of thing, and then they end up spending a whole bunch of their podcast talking about how awesome Kevin Smith's podcast really is. Generally speaking, people want to come to a podcast to listen to that podcast perspective, not listening to that podcast talk about another podcast because they'll just go 
and listen to podcast A rather than listen to podcast B talk about podcast A. Generally speaking, of course, there's always exceptions to the rule. You, you see that with after shows all the time, especially if somebody's going to go ahead and start a better podcasting fan show. You might end up having a bit of that. I actually hear you want to get in touch with Johnny Pennington about that. I think Johnny Pennington's going to be starting that pretty soon. SP, you heard that, right? I did, and we're waiting to guest on that show, actually. Or, or here, here's another one for you, Stephen. Maybe you hear us fanboying out over the Better Better podcasting show, which we all know is leaps and bounds better than Better Podcasting. But, you know, wh- whatever, your mileage may vary between the two of us. <laughs> Fair enough. Now, another thing to avoid is launching your show in a crowded niche without considering what uniqueness you have to offer. Now, we're not saying that you should endlessly delay your launch. No, that's not the case at all. But it is important to be honest with yourself when you launch so that you can have reasonable expectations for your show. Since you're doing this as a hobbyist, since you're listening to Better Podcasting, we assume you're a hobbyist, and you want to be having fun. So if you want to be having fun, and if you haven't given a thought to what sort of uniqueness you're going to bring to the table, you might set yourself up for a little disappointment. Even if you actively tell yourself that you know that there's little new that you can offer and you're okay with that, a great example is a film review podcast. How many film review podcasts are out there? Like thousands, tens of thousands, right? At least you've launched with the reality of the situation in your mind. And the final thing that we want to suggest that you avoid is being unique or trying to be unique by being deceptive, also known maybe as podcasting without integrity. It's really a bad idea to try to stand out by simply using shady practices. For example, mistitling your show or episodes, maybe using a property that's not yours or implying that your show is going to offer something that it doesn't end up offering. These might get you a little bit of a short-term bump, but often these things will eventually implode on yourself and you'll be exposed as a fraud. I actually have a non-podcasting example that I want to use here just because I think that it's a really good example on how this can happen because it happened in something that is a fairly big space, but also in some ways similar to podcasting because there's some really tight communities and it happened in the comic book world. Back when I did the Fanboy Buzz comic book podcast, we had a story that we were talking about on there where there was a guy that was going to different comic book conventions and we're not talking necessarily about the big, big comic con that you see in San Diego. No, we're talking about the littler ones where there's independent artists and sometimes you have the big names coming in And what he was doing was doing a very shady practice that was creating, quote, art. I'm going to specifically say, quote, art, end quote, because I don't actually agree that it was art. But that's what he was labeling it. And for all intents and purposes, he was basically just ripping directly off other creators' work. And he went around from convention to convention selling this as an artist. And you know what? He got away with it for a while. Even with some stories being posted on the internet, he continued to get away with it. Go to convention, convention, and, you know, someone would walk up, buy it, and there you go. He'd be making money basically off of somebody else's work. Well, these stories eventually ended up imploding on him because at one fateful day, there was a couple high-profile comic book creators that decided to go up and confront 
And sure enough, this ended up blowing up and all sorts of comic book websites, comic book podcasts, like what we were doing at the time, we're all talking about it and he was exposed. And eventually he became banned from all these comic book conventions and he couldn't do this anymore. Couldn't even go and try to actually sell unique, actual proper art. He was just banned. So it's really an example on how eventually these sort of things generally will come out and it can really, really go the way that you don't want it to go. So with all that in mind, do you have a way that you've tried to be unique with a, within the crowded space or niche that you're in? And we'd like to hear about that. We'll mention it on a future show. Please get in touch with us through our usual ways, podcast at betterpodcasting.com. If you can send us a video clip, that would be great. Audio clip would be second grade or text. You'll have the official reader of the Better Podcasting podcast, which is me reading it. Or go ahead, tweet us at betterpod. Or you can also reach us on our Discord server at betterpodcasting.com slash Discord. And we look forward to hearing how you've stood out in your niche. Especially, especially when you make that official Stargate Pioneer podcast, because, you know, there's so many, so many of them. <laughs> Welcome to this week's Better Podcasting Download. Oh, I just don't know that I can actually talk about this one, SP. Whew, it's just, it's so exciting and so mind-blowing and so revolutionary. So much courage. <laughs> well, Stephen, actually, you should be excited because you do not use the faded program called iTunes, which for the rest of us on Windows, we've had to use iTunes in order to access podcasts through Apple Podcasting. Well, guess what? Now you don't have to do that anymore. Because Apple Podcasts is now on the web. Stephen, I have to ask you, have you tried to search for a podcast and bring it up on a web page through Apple Podcasts within the last few days? I have, actually. I, I've, look, I've looked um, some of the changes, and it's interesting. It's good, but it's bad. Well, it's good because you don't have to open up iTunes anymore. And yes, I'm going to say iTunes because that's exactly where that link is would have taken you before it would have wanted you to install iTunes or open iTunes. iTunes would have opened and then you would have seen the podcast through there. Well, no more. You can actually play the podcast on a web page, which is a little bit exciting because just like Google Podcasts, now that you have a second way that you can do this, there are a few issues. You don't have full player control. As a matter of fact, you press play and that's it. You can't, you can stop it, I guess, or pause it and then it'll pick back up but you can't rewind it. You can't fast forward it. You can't slide back and forth. It's just a play option, at least what I've experienced on Chrome. And that's all I've tried so far is Chrome. And that's actually why I was saying it was good, but it was bad because like, I think it's worth acknowledging that point there is they've done a really good job of making it so that anybody that doesn't use iTunes can actually go ahead and use the Apple podcast website now. But for somebody who also just prided themselves on making a uh, whole back end over the last couple of years to do statistics is really odd that um, you hit play and then you just have to go through. So then if you lose your page you have to, or your place and you refresh your page, you have to go play and start again at the beginning. It's it's like stat skewing a little bit there. So that's why I say it's good, but it's bad. I think there's a, a few missed opportunities here. 
One thing that I've noticed scanning up and down the webpage, you can click to listen in iTunes, so you can still bring up the podcast in iTunes, so that's pretty good. I don't see a way to leave a rating. I see where they show the ratings, but I don't see how you can leave a rating, and I think that's actually part for the course because they want you signed in so that they can, I guess, dictate what's a good review and what's not. Uh, the reviews are a little bit differently than in the actual iTunes because they use a point scale. So if it's uh, 20 ratings that are five stars and a couple ratings that are one stars, you get like 4.7, 4.8, something like that, instead of 5.0. So that's a little bit different. And I guess it's good to see because you'll notice the show is not completely firewalled at five. The other thing that I've heard about this and looking at the page, I'm looking at the Better Podcasting page right now. Something that's not there is there's no link to go to our website. So there's no link that says www.betterpodcasting.com on it that would take you to our webpage on the guineageek.com network website. So there's pros and there's cons. I think the pros outweigh the cons here because you can see the show. There's no way to subscribe the show, by the way, too. That's another con. So you can see the show. You can play the show without bringing up iTunes. I have not tried this at work. I don't know if these would play at work or not. Some, some websites do, some websites don't, at my work at least. But I know that I'm not going to be bringing up iTunes at work. It's blocked. There's no way to install it. You have to have an admin account, and there's no way that you could actually install iTunes anyway. So from that perspective, I think it's a step in the right direction. We'll see where it leads to in the future. I'm cautiously optimistic right now, I think is the word that I would use here. And also, this brings up the more longevity of iTunes in the future. A lot of people don't like iTunes. A lot of people says it's bloated software, which it in fact is. I have been using iTunes to sync my iPod Classic for years now, and that's how I listen to podcasts in my car and at work, is I sync them up every day through here. Curiosity Daily goes on here every morning, and that's how I listen to it on the way to work. Well, if they take away iTunes eventually, which I think is what they're going towards, I don't know how I'm going to be able to sync this. This could become useless, and it wouldn't be without outside the realm of Apple to sunset devices. Matter of fact, they've already sunsetted this. They don't support it anymore. So I could see them being, okay, no, you're supposed to listen to it on your phone. I can't have my phone at work. So there's no way I'm going to be able to listen to podcasts at work on a separate device if they sunset iTunes or don't provide a way to sync this ancient iPod classic right now with the 30 pin connector. Man, and I just bought a new cord for that too. You know, I, I have to say that as much as I don't want to see Apple have more power, I think from Apple's perspective, this is a super smart decision on their part because we have seen different websites really starting to take hold of the web player options. You know, Google is doing it. They've got it kind of out to desktops now. We've seen some other podcast websites do some really good syncable web players and things like that. And if that's going to be more convenient for certain listeners, they're going to just go ahead and dump Apple Podcasts and then Apple there goes and they lose their power. So this is a good way for them to try to bring some people back in because if they make it a good experience and, and I'm hoping that they do, because I think if someone's going to use this, they're going to want the, the ability to actually jump ahead in an episode. They're going to want to be able to sync and things like that. 
But anyways, if they do end up having this, then it might bring some of those people back over to the Apple Podcast world and keep that data going to Apple Podcasts. Me personally, I, I really want Google Podcasts to get the the download automatic download option on the app so that I can go all in on Google Podcasts and give some power to Google. So you will see. I think this is a really good move on their part. I do want to go ahead and just put a poll out to our listeners. And it's going to be a weird poll, but I want people to chime in. And all you got to say is respond to us at BetterPod on Twitter. I'll go ahead and make a post on Facebook as well. And it's going to be as simple as this. Find the post that says customer or not customer and respond. Do you think that the review section at the bottom, it says customer reviews. Do you think the word customer applies for Apple podcast reviews? Because me personally, I know it's been there for a long time. They did a whole refresh. I thought... Okay, I, I think that we can go ahead and program an algorithm so that when it's Apple Podcasts in the review system, it doesn't say the word customer, says listener or something like that. I don't like the word customer and customer reviews. I don't like that, but I want to know what do people think about that? Would you call a podcast listener a customer? And again, go ahead and tweet us customer or no customer or not customer, whatever. You say no customer, not customer. I don't care. You make that up. But we want to go... Do you think it's a customer review or a not customer review? So in the meantime, there has been no official announcement from Apple. I think that this just started showing up in searches and people were like, oh, well, this is new. And they have not said that they were going to sunset iTunes. I think there's also another issue with that, meaning Apple doesn't want to continue people owning their own music. They want people to pay for their monthly music program. That's just my personal opinion. And the only way to do that is eventually get rid of iTunes because I still have bought a few songs every year through iTunes and then sync it to my iPod. Well, if you take that whole ecosystem away, the only way to get those songs would be to pay for a monthly song service, just like you would anywhere else. You know, if you go through Amazon or just anywhere else that Stitcher or not Stitcher, Spotify or Pandora, they iHeartRadio, they all offer paid subscriptions. So I could see that this would be Apple's final move to say, nah, you can't do that anymore. You need to pay us money in order to move forward. Personally, I don't think I'm going to pay money to Apple for that, but that's just me and how I consume songs because I don't listen to music all that much. Well, let us know what you have to think. Get in touch with us through any of the ways so that we can go ahead and put that in a future edition of the favorite, our, our most enjoyed segment of this show, the Better Pod Mac. Resident Reader Near, uh, Resident Reader Near, that's what I'm, I'm combining Stargate Pioneer and Resident Reader. Uh, you had a Apple podcast review that you wanted to read out, right? I did. Actually, I will call this an iTunes review because I had to use <laughs> iTunes to get to it. One day I'll it, guess and I'll get it right. One day. Yeah, this was from Canada. And the only way I can see reviews from Apple podcasts in Canada is to use iTunes. So every once in a while, I'll go into the English speaking countries in iTunes and iTunes and find 
other reviews. This one happened to be from, and oh my gosh, I'm never going to be able to pronounce this. I don't think it's a pronounceable name, so I'm just going to spell it out. It's J-M-J-H-E-I-I-N. So, Jimhin. It's uh, Jimjain. Jimjain? Okay. I don't know. This was posted in iTunes Canada on March 18th, 2019. It was titled Awesome Resource. Quote, I listen to several podcasts on podcasting. It's great to come across one that has Canadian connections. You guys keep it entertaining, informative, and it keeps me encouraged to keep producing my own show and make it better. This was a five-star review on March 18th. Thank you very much, Sam. I got a little inside baseball story on this here. So Stargate Pioneer is usually the one that goes and he pulls the reviews together because he he's in the Apple ecosystem. He does a really good job with that. And I do really appreciate him taking the time. So this was from back in March. And uh, I actually, funny enough, as we were preparing the better podcasting download story to talk all about the revised Apple podcast, I decided to pull up Apple podcast for our show just because I looked with some other sites and some other podcasts, but I pulled up ours and I happened to see this before he put it into the doc. So, uh, Stargate pioneer, you and I, we are on the same page as Jim shine and Jim shine. You didn't say what your show was. So please get in touch with us. And we would love to talk about your show on our show. Moving on here, we had a bit of conversation happening out of our Discord server, which if you have heard us talk about Discord and you don't know what that is, think of it as a modern chat room. That's what it is. There's different sections within the Discord server, and it's just a big chat room and lots of great conversation happening. And you can find that at betterpodcasting.com slash Discord. And actually, we wanted to acknowledge the fact that when this whole thing changed with Apple Podcasts, the wonderful Reddit famous Bangs Naughty Bits actually was very quick to point that out to everybody. And we had a lot of good conversation over there about it, including him suggesting the idea that I'm pulling for an Apple podcast app on Windows. That would be a really neat concept, I think. It would. I don't know if it would sync to iPods or not, but yeah, I, I would like to see something like that, especially if it would sync to my iPod. So we'll see what that happens. We also had Josh Liston say that new zoom looks very cool, but a few features on the mix pre six that I found most useful that I couldn't get a read on from the zoom articles. Does the zoom have a premium headphone amplifier like the mix pre six? Does the zoom have a time code? Can the zoom create monitor submixes like mix to mono while recording pan tracks Are the meters on the zoom as accurate as the mix pre range? I found my H five to struggle in that department. As I said, it looks cool, but I'm not getting too excited about it at this stage. Now, Stephen, we need to bracket this and say basically what he's talking about. So at NAB, Zoom came out with a new, I think it's the F6, right? That they came out with? Yes, I think that's what it's called. Yeah. Yeah. And not too much information out about that. So a lot of good questions. And we'll see. This is exciting. We've had two episodes with gear producing reps in the past month or so and neb came out producers are producing not only for the film industry which was a lot of this gear was actually created for film and music but now they're taking podcasters into account and they're taking both the introductory podcasters into account as well as the experienced 
folks that want to get a little bit higher quality and don't mind spending a little bit more money, kind of what we've graduated to, Stephen, along those lines. I mean, you still don't want to take a whole freaking studio with you, but you want to get as good of sound as you can on the road. And I think the gear companies are really cycling into those two niches. I mean, we heard Focusrite last week talk about the beginner, and we also heard about Mackie wanting to talk about the beginner, but they also have experience with higher end gear. So I think as long as they continue to make this stuff for podcasters, we're going to do good. I'm a little worried here, SP. Uh, you but, just said that you don't want to take your studio with with you, and I wish you had told me that a week ago because right now I'm actually not at my home because I made my studio entirely portable. I got a shipping container. I moved it all in there. I'm actually podcasting from the great north. So uh, unfortunately, you're a week too late and I am tens of thousands of dollars in debt. <laughs> well, funny story there. There are podcasters that are making studios that are mobile. They in either with in uh, like broadcast trucks like you would see in the TV realm or maybe they take booze with them and so on and so forth matter of fact cody who we talked about before he was at c c2 not c2e2 ces earlier and they actually created a, a booth for him at ces that was phenomenal when it comes down to it for noise cancellation of the actual ces floor so there are people that do crazy things along those lines I think in this particular case, I'm just going to give a shout out to Josh. He does have a mix pre six. He, he loves it. He also has the zoom ecosystem and podcasters like us that have been around for a while, great resources for new podcasters that are coming along saying, what kind of gear should I go into? Like right now I'm podcasting with a Mackie pro FX 16 V2 and a zoom H six to multi-track. If I was buying that stuff today, I would get a zoom L 12. I would consider the road. Roadcaster Pro, I almost said Procaster, <laughs> but the road the Roadcaster Pro, I would consider that if it actually had good preamps, the Apex processing was good, and it did multi-track recording to the SD card. It does not right now, maybe in the future that will change, but right now I would go with the Zoom L12, and that just wasn't available when I started podcasting. Agreed. Also, if you think that we only talk about podcasting stuff in the discord server well that's kind of true but it's not we talk about other stuff as well including we had zachary webb say do you and sj both have your dream jobs then this was about some job discussion and then he goes oh i forgot that your dream jobs were podcasting together sp you had a response to this which i cannot argue with our families need health benefits otherwise we have done that a long time ago I kind of got to pay the mortgage too. And let's be honest, I'm not going to make money on podcasting, but uh, yeah, I did that too. Uh, also, SP was really excited to post over there that he was, quote, touching a Roadcaster Pro this morning, end quote. Okay, we'll teach his own. Yeah, there was some fondling involved. Yes, it was the first time I actually had physical contact with the unit. I've got mine in front of my, me right now, and I'm caressing it, SP. I am caressing it. I was shocked at how big that freaking record button really is. I mean, it's huge. It is. It really is quite large. But you know what? I guess if you're going to have a large button, it's probably the record button. 
Jonathan Bloom was also happy to say that he owns his fourth real mic now. And he says Yeti, quote, USB, ATR2100, Heil PR40, and now a Q2U. I'm only seeing three real mics in there, SP. <laughs> well, as much as we dish on the Yeti, I, I have to say it is a real microphone. It's just a condenser real microphone. I wasn't and talking about the Yeti. Uh, oh, are you talking about the high LPR 40? Is that what you're talking no, about? I, I was talking about the Yeti, but I couldn't resist the PR 40 shot either. Okay. Yeah. So Yeti, we don't recommend the Yeti on better podcasting for hobby podcasters for a couple of reasons. First of all, you're going to pick up a lot of room noise, even in cardioid pattern, just because it's a really good microphone and it's going to pick up a lot of the surrounding area or a lot of the surrounding reverb. And if you really were in a controlled audio environment, there's better microphones to actually purchase for the same price. But uh, I, I will say this, the Yeti made podcasting accessible to a lot of people that otherwise wouldn't have podcasted. So Yeti does have a piece, have a place in podcasting history. It's just not in your studio today. Agreed. Also, we were talking with Bangs Naughty Bits earlier in the week about a certain plugin deal that was going on. Yes, Bangs Naughty Bits from Reddit. I should say infamous, famous Redditor Bangs Naughty Bits. He pointed out that there was a sale on Waves plugins. Yes, Waves, if you're not familiar with it, has a whole bunch of different plugins. Some podcasters like to use them. I have a few myself. And there was a deal where, since it was U.S. tax time, they put every single plugin on sale for $29. Well, most of them. There was a few that they did hold off on. And some of them were really, really good deals. Actually, there was a couple plugins that Bangs and some other people were saying they had never seen that cheap before. So it's another deal you missed out on. And, you know, honestly, if you were looking at a few different Waves plugins and they were in a bundle, you're probably going to get better bundle pricing later. There's bundles that come on sale all the time. But as a one-off sort of situation, it actually uh, was a pretty good deal. And yeah, I know a few people did, did end up buying based off of that message. So if you want to see deals, Bangs Naughty Bits, he's been doing a great job of letting our Discord chat know a little bit about when those deals come up. So yeah, keep your finger on the pulse by looking in our Discord server because of the fact that he, he is there and he's very, very quick. To do it very, very quick. So thank you very much, Bangs, for doing that. We do greatly appreciate you keeping us all informed. Also, we were talking a little bit in the Discord server about what's called PTR. It is a public test release of the next version of XSplit. Essentially, XSplit, which is the video software that we use here on Better Podcasting to sort of switch between the different screens and whatnot. Uh, that, which, by the way, if you didn't know, we do have a full video companion of this show at betterpodcasting.com. But Jonathan Bloom and I are also in the XSplit Discord server, and we were over there talking about this public test release. And unfortunately, the reason it's called a test release is because sometimes there's issues. And I will say that I had one of the issues where I couldn't even start the program. I'm actually pleased to say that as of today... It's, it seems to be fixed for me. There was a version that came out today, the day we record this on Wednesday the 17th, but that's why they do a test release first to get these bugs out. And I was very, very jealous of Jonathan Bloom being able to use that test release because there's a couple of new features in there 
that's going to be helpful for the official gunnageek.com show. So if you have something you want to say to us about your podcast, please get in touch with us through any of the ways. You can go ahead and tweet us at BetterPod. You can head on over to Facebook at Facebook.com slash BetterPodcasting or email podcast at BetterPodcasting.com. And if you want to send a video clip, as I mentioned, we do have a full video show. Also, if you haven't done it yet, we are wanting you to send us an update about your one goal that you've been working on for 2019. We had a whole episode about this back at the beginning of the year, and we want to know what is the status of that goal? How are you making on? And is there anything we can do to help you with the goal? Although we might not be able to do it. Like if you're like, hey, I really, really want to make money. Well, that's not going to happen. We can't help you with that. We're poor. <laughs> yeah, we can make some suggestions, but we're not the experts in that for sure. Also, if you are interested in finding out a little bit more about the Gunna Geek Network, please head on over to GunnaGeek.com. There's a lot of really good podcasts over there, and we do have an application process if you are looking to apply to the network. There is a whole process to go through, but we do accept applications to the Gunna Geek Network a lot of really fantastic shows, including one that I want to go ahead and highlight right now. It's called the Dad I.O. Podcast. It's actually a lot of fun if you're a modern parent, if you're a techie parent. There's some really fun spins on modern parenting there. You should check that out. It's the Dad I.O. Podcast available on the Gonna Geek Network. But that's going to do it for this show. So for episode 177 of Better Podcasting... I'm Stephen John Drew, caressing a Roadcaster Pro. <laughs> and I'm SP saying thank you very much to the Cantina Cast guys wearing your shirt. And we'll talk about that in a future episode. See you guys next time. Bye. Thank you for listening to another episode of Better Podcasting. We want to hear from you. You can find all of our contact information at betterpodcasting.com. If you like the show, please consider giving us a five-star review in iTunes. We encourage you to check out all of the other geeky podcasts available at gunnageeknetwork.com. This has been a Gunna Geek production. Thanks for listening, and we will see you again next week. This is episode 177 of Better Podcasting. I am Stephen John Drew, and I am pleased to say that Stargate Pioneer is here again. I'm here. I am back. You know, after the last episode, I went away, and then I did some fun stuff. I did some really cool stuff, and then I came back, and I'm here just because I knew our audience wanted another episode of Better Podcasting. Before we continue, can you fix your angle? Because <laughs> I don't know what happened there. It all of a sudden got moved way over, so... I didn't do anything. That was weird. <laughs> I just, you, you, you must have did something in XSplit because it was the same as before. Uh, no, because like I was looking on Discord. Discord, like you were way off. Like it, it, I felt like, you know what I felt like? I felt like you were going to be one of those like, uh, um, like newscasters where I'm going to put the box up there with the, uh, oh, the yeah. latest information. Uh, oh, this, this seems like it, a joke yeah, you, for you our show, have, actually. You don't have that template going yet?